This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Parsha Noah. How did Noah survive the flood? What merit did Noah have that he survived the flood? So the obvious answer is everyone answers this answer. Noah ish sadiq tamim Noah was righteous. Sadiq, he was a sadiq. Tamim, perfect. He walked with God. That's the three adjectives the Parashat gives Noah. Hashem gives Noah. He was a Sadiq. He was Tamim, perfect. He walked with God. So let's try and define these different terms. And then we'll see why it's not good enough to survive the flood. Imagine, it's not good enough to be a Sadiq. Not good enough to be Tamim. Not good enough to be walking with God to survive the flood. There's some magic ingredient that is also required to survive the flood, which we're going to discuss tonight. What is that magic ingredient? And the answer is chen. Chen means literally grace or favor. To have grace or favor in the eyes of God, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. How does a person, I think this is one of my most important classes, how does a person receive grace in the eyes of God that gives them the merits to survive catastrophes even though they have no merits? You know, when we pray every day, we shouldn't pray because God, listen to me, I have this merit and that merit. No, God, listen to me because you treat everybody with grace. One of the attributes of Hashem is Hanun, Chen, grace. Hashem treats the world with grace if we ask for grace. What is grace? Grace is give it to me because I don't deserve it. Even though I don't deserve it because you, Hashem, are gracious. You, Hashem, are altruistic. And that's the Midah of Chen. Let's just talk about it. So Noah had these three amazing qualities. A tzaddik, a righteous person. The definition of a tzaddik is a person who is moral, who can resist the temptations of immorality. How do we know? Because Yosef was called a tzaddik. And Yosef was called a tzaddik because he ran away from Potiphar's wife and he kept his moral code. He kept the moral code of the Torah. So the only one of the brothers to be called a tzaddik was Yosef. So we see that a tzaddik is a person who is moral, a person who can resist the blandishments of immorality. And we find that was going on in the time of Noah. It says the world was totally immoral. The world was totally immoral. Even the animals were immoral, Rashi says. Amazing. Even the animals were immoral. And Noah was moral. Noah stayed with his wife. He didn't fool around with anyone else. It seems like he was the only one. He was called the Sadiq. He was the only one who was moral in his generation, him and his children. And the Torah says, Every flesh was uh, corrupted in the world. Everyone was immoral. And Noah was moral. He kept his, he, the moral code of the Torah. And therefore, he's called the Sadiq. That's the definition of Sadiq, a person who can control themselves with all the blandishments of immorality. That is the definition of a tzaddik. So Yosef had tzaddik and Noah had tzaddik. Only two, I think. The only two are referred to in the Torah as a tzaddik was Yosef and Noah. Interesting. So they are moral and they, because they're surrounded by immorality and they kept the morality. That is a tzaddik. What is a tamim? Tamim literally means perfect. Noah was called perfect. What is perfect? We find some, there was one other person in the Torah called perfect. Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Ishtam. Yaakov was a simple, but it doesn't really mean simple. You know, in the Haggadah, we use the word Tam as a simple person. Simple son. But 
Tam literally means perfect. He was a perfect person. Who is perfect? Yaakov and Noah. They were perfect. What does perfection mean? In God's eyes, what is perfection? And the answer is, it's not in the person's nature to trick anyone. Tam means simple in the, in the idea that simplicity implies not tricky. So Yaakov was simple in a way. He was pushed to trick his father or his mother, but he himself didn't want to do it. He had to force himself to do it. He didn't want to do it. He was the most simple person in terms of not tricking people. And uh, David Amelch says, Ashrei Tarimei Dara. In Psalm 119, he starts off, his, uh, Psalm 119 is famous for going through the whole alphabet, the letters eight times. Every letter of the Torah has eight psukim, eight verses in the Psalm 119. It's a very long Psalm. It's 22 times eight. So 22 times eight, how much is that? Anyone quickly? Okay, don't send me a text. 22, <laughs> it's got a lot of verses, 22 times eight verses in uh, Psalm 119. It repeats the alphabet eight times. So 22 times eight verses. And he said, David Abenach says, it starts off the Psalm 119 with this line. Thank you, Yaakov. 176 verses, 176 verses in this longest Psalm in the book of Psalms. Psalm 119, you can check it out. Eight times the whole alphabet, 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So David Abenach says, Ashrei Tamimei Praise those who are simple. What does that mean? Simple, we said some, simple means not tricky. Simple means straight shooters, people who are straight, not tricky people. That is one of the paths we're going to talk about. So Tamim, Noah was honest at a time of total dishonesty. It says, It's interesting, we have Hamas in Israel, you know, it's very appropriate, they chose the right name for themselves. Because Hamas means violent robbery, Rashi says, violent robbery. A world was full of Hamas. Rashi says, the world, the fate of the world was sealed through robbery. The fate of the world was sealed through robbery. Because when a person wants to punish, when Hashem wants to punish someone, he punishes them through their belongings. But yeah, he couldn't punish them through their belongings. Their belongings did not belong to them. It was all stolen property. So Hamas, it sealed their fate. They were, and Noah was Tamim. He was honest. He was one of the few honest people in the whole generation. So he's Tamim, his honesty. So a time of total dishonesty. So he said, number one, the time of depravity, Noah was moral. He was a sadiq. The time of dishonesty and robbery, Noah was honest. Tamim. The world was full of idolatry. Number three, the world was full of idolatry. Et ha'elohim Noah. Noah walked with God. So even though the world was full of idolatry, Noah did not get involved in the idolatry of the world. Noah walked with God. Amazing. Noah kept his faith in God. And nevertheless, the rabbis tell us it would not have been enough. These three qualities would not have been enough to save Noah. Amazing. How do we know? Because it says at the end of Parsha Bereshit, which is the last line of Parsha Bereshit, Hashem says, Ki nichamti, ki asitim, I regret creating the humanity. And Noah found favor in the eyes of God. We find Noah was saved because he found favor in the eyes of God. And we have to define tonight, how does a person find favor in the eyes of God? This is amazing because we all want to find favor in the eyes of God, you know. And this is something I'm yearning for myself, really. Hashem, I want Hashem's favor in my life. 
And the, the biggest failure we have, you know, it's, it's interesting that it's very important to learn the book of Kings. Why is it very important to learn the book of Kings? Because the book of Kings is the only book of the Torah where explicitly it tells us who is righteous and who is not righteous. We don't find any other book of the Torah where it tells us explicitly, you know, this king found favor in the eyes of God. He did what's right in the eyes of God. This king did not do the... Every king, the Torah gives um, what the sentence was. What does Hashem think about that king? So you can either get God's housekeeping seal of approval. Imagine. Uh, in England, the, uh, you get a, a, the queen used to give her housekeeping seat of approval by appointment to Her Majesty the Queen. Now it has got to be by appointment to His Majesty the King. So the, the you know the tea comes with a, a sticker on it. Some some packs of tea come with a sticker on it by appointment to Her Majesty the Queen. That means the Queen uses it. The Queen approves of this. That's a very big level. So imagine the King Hashem approves of a person's life. That's that's what I aspire to. That's what we should all aspire to. Hashem will give his seal of approval. Imagine a person pass away. Hashem said, seal. This guy, I approve. This person, I approve of their lives. They did what's right in my eyes. Halavai, we should all get that. But that's a kind of chen. That's grace in God's eyes. And it's interesting because the word chen is noach backwards. The same letters as the word chen. Noach is nun chet, and chen is chet nun. Interesting. So noach found favor in the eyes of God. And it's interesting because his name, Noach, means easygoing, peaceful. Noach, menucha. On Shabbat, we have menucha, peace, rest. It's used for the word rest, menucha. Noach, his father called him Noach. Why? He said, he will comfort us. He will give us rest. He will comfort us. The rabbis say he invented the first plow. He invented the plow. He comforted mankind. They don't have to work so hard on the fields. He invented it. We don't know that Noah was an inventor. Noah was a builder. Yeah, he was in construction. He made this ark. Amazing. Over 120 years it took him. Now that's a lot. That's a big chunk of his life. Even though he lived 900 odd years, a big chunk of his life is done spending, building this ark. The rabbis say there's a reason for that. We're going to talk about that, right? Mind me. So Noah, let us Noah. Spells out backwards, let us chen. Noach was chen. Noach was grace. Noach found grace in the eyes of God, even though he had these three redeeming qualities. He was moral, he was honest, and he believed in Hashem at the time of idolatry. So even though it never helped him until he had this final, the fourth ingredient, the magic ingredient, this is the magic ingredient. That a person can be righteous and honest and this, but they don't find favor in the eyes of God. What is this chen? How does a person get chen? And where else in the, in the Torah does it talk about chen? So it's interesting. So Noah, even though he's righteous and honest and uh, he walked with God, he survived, was not fit to survive, except that he found grace. And even though he's called a tzaddik, there's a debate in the Gemara, was he a tzaddik only in his day compared to the evil people, or would he have been called a tzaddik at the time of Abraham? So we find that even the fact that he's called a tzaddik doesn't mean he's absolute tzaddik. A person could be a relative tzaddik. You know, a person could be a relative tzaddik in this generation, just being, being compared to the other people of the generation. Whereas a person absolute tzaddik, which is a tzaddik, is compared to real tzaddik like Abraham. So there's a big debate. Was Noah an absolute study or just a relative study? So you can find have a situation where people who are meant to be destroyed 
and won't survive on their own merits, but there's such a great thing called chen, grace. Hashem's grace. If we can find favor in the eyes of Hashem, we can survive any. If a person can find favor in the eyes of God, they can survive. You have people who survive car crashes. You have people who survive airplane crashes. You have people who survive falling down mountains. How? And the answer is grace. Sometimes a person finds favor in the eyes of God. Something they did that caused them to have find favor. So let's try to find tonight. How does a person earn grace? How do we find chen? This is our question tonight. How does a person find chen? How does a person find grace or favor in the eyes of God? Because even when a person is not worthy or fitting, we can still obtain grace in the eyes of God. And that will, that will get us through thick and thin. And that is the key, to find grace in the eyes of God. And when a person prays, the person should always have in mind, Hashem, don't answer me because of my merits. Please don't go through my merits. I don't know what my merits are. When a person says, I really have merits, Hashem, I'm a big sadiq. That's being a Baal Gava. That's a real pride. And the pride leads to a fall. So a person should always say, Hashem, I don't deserve it. Please give it to me, not because I deserve it. Give it to me because I don't deserve it and because you have this midah, this trait of Hanun. You give grace. You give altruistically, Hashem. I want something altruistic from you, Hashem. You are the giver par excellence. Just like a mother looks after their baby. It's amazing. My daughter just had a daughter. And you see how she looks at her face and she loves her and dotes on her. And that is Hashem dotes on us. Hashem has that quality of grace. We have to try and earn it. How does a baby earn the grace? And the answer is just by being born, hopefully. And that's the answer. We have to be like a baby in front of Hashem. Hashem, please give us. We don't deserve it. Uh, we, we can't earn it. Just give it to us because you are our creator. You are our father. You are our mother. You are the one who we have to fend for in this world. So that's a very important point is that something, there's a magic quality about grace, which we have to discuss. How do you get grace? How do you find favor in the Hashem's eyes? You know, it's every week. There's a Sephardic custom at Havdalah. Some people say this verse three times. But Noach matzachem b'nei Hashem. Noach found grace in the eyes of God. Noach matzachem b'nei Hashem. Noach matzachem b'nei Hashem. And three times they say Noach found favor in the eyes of God. And then they say a different verse, which is a verse in Mishlei, in chapter 3, verse 4. Shlomo Melech King Solomon says, Ken adam. Then they say this verse. So too, just like Noah found grace in the eyes of God, may we find grace in, the, in Hashem's eyes and the eyes of people. This is a very important point. That there's grace, Hashem can give us grace, and other people can also find grace. We can find grace in other people's eyes. A person goes for a job. Two people go for a job. They're equally qualified, but somehow... One of them clicks in the eyes of the employer. One, of, one person's hired on the spot, one person's not hired. Why? And the answer is equally, some people may be even better qualified. And yet the second person will get the job because they find grace in the eyes of the employer. So some people have that quality of grace, even though they don't really deserve it. They get the job or they get uh, something else. They get married. You find odd couples. He is very handsome and tall and strong, and then she's very short and fat, and who knows what, or vice versa. She is very beautiful and he's very ugly. So, what happens? And the answer is grace. Somehow, there's an attraction there that you can't put your finger on. It's an attraction you can't put your finger on. And that's grace. That's charm, what we call charm. Today, we call it charm. 
Where do we see this in the Torah? We find this by Esther. Now, there's a big debate in the Talmud. Very interesting debate. Was Esther, one of the opinions is Esther is one of the most beautiful women in the world ever. Esther, Sarah, Abigail. Three most beautiful women ever in the world. Esther, Abigail, and and, uh, Sarah. Sarah is beautiful. How do we know? Two kings kidnapped her. (laughs) Not very good. uh, (laughs) You know, the honey attracts bees. You know, that's what he says. So uh, she she was kidnapped by two kings, Pharaoh. And Abimeda. So um, that's how beautiful she was. Abigail was the wife of King David, one of the wives of King David. She was gorgeous. And uh, the Gemara says Esther was beautiful. But there's another opinion in the, in the Gemara in Megillah that says Esther was plain. She wasn't beautiful, but she had this quality of grace. She found favor in the eyes of Bahashverosh. Very strange Gemara, right? That she, Esther, says explicitly, she found grace, favor in the eyes of Bahashverosh, and he took her as his wife. Easy. Now she didn't want it. She didn't want the job as being the wife of Hashverosh. No one, no one in their right mind would want to be the wife of this uh, monster, Hashverosh. The mass murderer, he wanted to be a mass murderer. Again, he became a mass murderer. She stopped him. But she found favor in his eyes, which is very strange. Like, you know, if you say she was very beautiful, you can understand the story. But if you find that she wasn't beautiful at all, it's grace. It's a magical quantity. It's charm, what we call charm today. If we could find favor, that's how we pray at Habdallah. Imagine saying this verse. I'm going to start saying this. After this class, I'm going to start being native. So you say this verse, three times, and then say, similarly, may we all find grace and favor in the eyes of man and God, God and man. Okay. So what is the meaning of chen? Charm. What's charm? We say this every Friday night. Eshet Sheker hachen, hevel ayofi. Charm is sheker, is lies. Charm, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. It's a lie, it's not absolute. Charm is not absolute. Charm is, you can't put your finger on it. It's a lie, it's, it's fake, it's imagination. Charm is imagination. <laughs> so a person says, you know, I'm in love with this person. I'm really in love, but then when they wake up, who knows when they're going to wake up and say, what do I see in this person? What I see, what, what attracted me? You know, many people, 50% of marriages today break down. Why do they break down? And the answer is, there was grace, and all of a sudden there's no grace. There was charm, and all of a sudden the person says, what made me like this person? I don't understand. What attracted me to this person? It's crazy. This, you know, this world we're living in is crazy because there's so many options, so many options that a person's going to be so fixated on one person and that's the spouse and that's it. There's nothing else. The charm, the charm comes, the charm goes. We have to know, that's what they were saying. Charm is a lie. This attraction, they call the magic attraction of love. It's it's a lie. The uh, Greeks, that's another class. The Greeks, the Romans, you know, they they invented it. The Greek was the god, the Greek god of love. Invented it, and he shoots an arrow, and then all of a sudden there's charm, and there's love, is charm, it's rubbish, it's all lies. That's what it's saying. Sheker achen, hevela yofi, yofi beauty, also vanity. It's going to disappear one day. Person's going to know it's not going to last forever. The main qualities are the insights, the insights, the person themselves, the personality, the traits of the person, and that's sheker achen hevela yofi. So achen, this charm is a lie. It's it's not absolute, but. In God's eyes, there is such a thing. Let's talk about that as well. So human charm, 
it's it's not understandable. It's it's imagination. It's a figment of one's imagination. I'm in love. I find charm. This person is beautiful, really. But when a person wakes up, it's imagination. It's a lie. That's what the, that's what Mishlei is telling us. We read every Friday night. Remember, if your marriage is based on charm, it's a lie. It's not a foundation for a marriage. It's not a foundation. So what is the meaning of chen in God's eyes? So we say charm is false, beauty is vain. Beware of charm and beauty. Beauty is short-lived. Charm, grace, favor, you can't put your finger on it. It's some kind of charisma. You see someone really, okay, we talked about this. Sometimes you see the people, they don't match. It's just charm. It's holding it together. And when the charm wears away, it's, it's shaken. Chen is a kind of mystical charm. And the Gemara says there are three kinds of chen which are necessary for the world to continue. This is amazing. This is, this is a wild concept. We need charm in this world. We need this mystical, this magical quality of charm in the world. It says, for couples that stay together, as I talked about, we need charm. What they see in each other, you can't explain it. He can't explain why he likes her, and she can't explain why she likes it. What do you see that? Yeah, something mystical, magical. That's a charm that a person... We need this charm in the world to keep couples together. Number two. Chen makom al yoshveha. The charm of a place on those that live in the place. You know, some people live in, I don't know, live in all kinds of places. And somehow they like living in that place. Now, if everyone liked to live in one place in the world, that place would be booming and everyone else would be desperate. So it's a charm. I don't know. I don't like cold countries. And some people do. You know, some people like glaciers. They like ice. They like snow. Some people like this. It's amazing. But the charm of the place on those that live in it, that's a very important charm that keeps the world going. That's amazing. We don't really think about this, that different people like different parts of the world. Thank God for that. Some people like mountains, some people like valleys, some people like greenery, some people like deserts. It's amazing. It's a charm of the person of the place. And a person likes where they live. That's a charm of the place. So, so and even the worst places sometimes, people like to live there. Yeah. Okay. And number three, people buy things. Now, you ask them, why did you buy that? I don't know, really. I can't put my finger on it. Why did you buy that type of iron? Why did you buy that? So some people just read Consumer Digest, and that's it. They just go by that. Why did you buy that car? I know it's a junky car. It's a, I don't want to say anything about anyone's cars or anything. But we know for facts that certain cars last longer than others. And yet people buy others. Why do they buy others? And the answer is they like the looks of it. They like the company. I don't know what they like. It's something. It's a hand. They like this thing because of Chen. I like it, even though I know it's not the best, even though I know it's not utilitarian as much as the other one, but it finds favor in my eyes. This is what I like. This is the kind of thing I like. Some people like these kind of apartments, windows, curtains. I don't know. Everyone has something that there's a quality about something that attracts people. That's Chen. So three things which are necessary for the world to continue is spouses. Spouse chen, a chen, a spouse finds chen in one's eyes. Number two, the place a person lives finds chen in their eyes, otherwise be moving around. Man. There are some people today who just keep on going on cruises. It's like, I don't know, they say it's cheaper to stay on a cruise ship all year round than stay in an old age home. That's what I heard, I don't know. So I didn't work it out yet. Uh, so number two, there are people who do that. Number two is people are selling their houses and buying caravans. And they're going, just going from place to place to place to place. Amazing. So that's chen. Why? They don't have the chen for a place. They don't desire a certain location. 
So that's why it's important for a person to desire this, this charisma, this, the charm of the place they live. And number three is what a person buys. Gives them. There's a chen that makes a person buy something. Noah found chen in Hashem's eyes. And that's why he survived. Noah has always read, you know, it's interesting, we read this parasha, we just had Rosh Chodesh in Cheshvan. You always read Noah in Cheshvan. And Cheshvan is also called Mar Cheshvan, the bitter month of Cheshvan. Why is Cheshvan called bitter? That's the question. And the answer is, well, there's three answers. One of them is that Cheshvan is when the flood started. It's amazing. You know, when I was in Hyde Park, I used to say this, this is the Shabbat, it always rains. For some, some reason, it always rains. Shabbat Noach was, was always a rainy Shabbat. So, Mar uh, Cheshvan, why? Because the flood started in Cheshvan. So it's bitter, it's a bitter month. The world was destroyed, imagine. Everyone died except for Noah and his family. Eight people survived the flood. It's called Mar Cheshvan. On the 17th of Cheshvan, the rain started. That's one of the reasons why it's called Mar Cheshvan, bitter Cheshvan. Number two, second reason, very interesting reason. Why is it called Mar Cheshvan? Rosh Hashanah is when Hashem decrees what's going to happen to people in the coming year. And these decrees carried out starting in Cheshvan. So Cheshvan is the, the time of the year where these decrees are carried out. So it's called Mar Cheshvan. And number three is Cheshvan is a month in which there's no festivals at all. A lot of months have festivals. We have Hanukkah, we have Purim, we have other festivals. Marcheshvan, it's bitter. Why? There's no festivals. Amazing. So Noah is the expert on Chen. How do we know his name is Chen? We said Noah, Nun Chet, Chen, Chet, Nun. How do you find Chen? Let's, let's now we have to answer this question of how do you find Chen in God's eyes? How do we find favor in God's eyes? How do we find grace in God's eyes? So Mishlei, Proverbs, the book of Mishlei, tells us, Im hu The mockers, Hashem will mock. If we mock others, Hashem will mock us. Because it makes a mockery of others. You know, this is any comedy club, any good comedian today, always mocking people, always putting other people down, making mockeries of people. In fact, it's crazy. It's called roasting someone. It's, you really are roasting them. And the person can lose their ulama bar just by roasting other people. Never mock other people. Never, never mock. Why? That's what Shalman says. Person mocks others, Hashem will mock them. Ulanavim, but those who are humble, iten chen. Hashem gives grace, chen, favor to those who are humble. Here's the answer. The answer, one of the answers is, you want grace in the eyes of God, become humble. Be humble in society. Don't mock others. Don't put others down. Always talk about oneself, don't talk about others. Always be humble. It's very hard to be humble. And that's the reason most, most people speak Lashon Harad, because it's a sign of Gava pride. The other guy's no good, I'm good. The other guy's no good, I'm better. So always try and be humble. This guy's a very good person. I like this one, I like this one, everyone. You know why? Because who am I to talk? Who am I to talk? Who am I? Mani, machayai, we say on. Yeah, Yom Kippur. What am I? What is my life? Ma'ani machayai. Okay, so so try and this is the first answer. First answer: You want grace in the eyes of God, humility, humility, humility. And then Shlomo says, so "I just want to read this verse again." Im hu yalitz. Person who mocks, Hashem will mock. I don't. I don't be mocked by Hashem. That's the worst. And those who are humble, Hashem will give grace. 
So avat Hashem called Gavalev. The abomination of God is those who are proud. So it's very important to be proud, be soft-spoken and humble. But to be soft-spoken, humble, it's very hard to be humble with one's own family and be soft-spoken and sweet and kind and humble with everyone around. That's a very important, very, very important. Critical to get grace, number one, is humility. How did Noah get this humility? Where did we see humility in the life of Noah? Noah had, was told to build the ark. It took him 120 years. Now, it's interesting. He could have hired carpenters. Hashem did not allow him to hire anyone. Noah, you and your family are going to build the ark. But I'm not a carpenter. I'm an inventor. I'm a genius. I can do other things. I invented the plow. I can do other No, I want you and your family to build the ark. Why, Hashem says, because I want you to learn to be a laborer, to work with your hands, to be humble. A person who works with their hands and manual labor, it's, it's, especially in the heat. You have to understand where Noah was in the Middle East. It's hot. And Noah was sweating it out for 120 years, building that ark. And the reason why it took so long is Noah never rebuked anyone around him. He never prayed for his generation. We're going to see Noah was blamed by the prophet Isaiah, Shayahu calls it. That's Haftarah this week in Pasha Noach. He says, Almei Noach, the waters of Noach destroyed the world. Why is it the main Noach? Why is the waters of Noach? Why is the waters of Noach? Why is Noach blamed? He never prayed for the world. He never prayed for people to do the Juba. So what Hashem did was, he made Noach build the ark for 120 years so people would stop by and say, Noach, what are you doing? And Noach would say, well, you guys are not behaving properly. So they would come to him to hear Musar, and he failed. He failed in his Musar. He failed in his prayers. That was his failure. But nevertheless, he had Khen. Why? He was humble. He was humble enough to be a manual laborer for Hashem. Hashem says, build the ark, he's building the ark. Bang, Kumeki. Where are you going today, Noah? I'm building. I'm building. What are you building, Noah? The ark. I'm building. I'm cutting wood. I'm chopping wood. I'm banging nails. I don't know what. Noah was busy building and building. And then, next, what else does he do? What's in the ark? Oh, animals. animals. I don't know if you've ever been in the zoo, but you don't know how much the zoo stinks. I mean, especially you put all these animals in the close quarters for a whole year. They stink. They stink. I mean, the manure can actually, I mean, it's hard to imagine. Noah was in this boat with his children. What is he doing all day and all night? The rabbis say he was looking after the animals. There's no more menial job. They're looking after animals. Unless you really love animals and you really love dirt and you really love the smell, it's a very, very hard job to do. So, you know, that's the most menial kind of job, and that makes a person humble. Noah was humble enough to be locked up in the ark with all these animals and looking after them day in, day out, 24-7. And there's an interesting Chobat Levavot. The duties of the heart, he says, the Kohen, the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, the first job every day in the Beit HaMikdash, in the temple, is what's called Trumat Hadeshin, removing the ashes, the dirt from the altar. First job, every single morning in the Beit HaMikdash. I'm a Kohen, what do you mean? It's not my job, take out the garbage. Yes, it's your job. It's not just your job. It's the first job every morning. Chovah Levovot says, 
speaking of person, humility. The Kohen Gadol needed humility on Yom Kippur. If he wants to survive, imagine, we don't even realize what it's like. The Kohen Gadol is taking his life into his own hands. To go into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, scary, scary, I don't know. It's, I don't know, I've never been a high priest on Yom Kippur, but I can just imagine how scary it is. He doesn't know if he's going to survive the day. And the fact is, the Mishnah says, that when Yom Kippur was over and he survived, he would make a massive party for all his friends. I survived. I survived the day. I was successful. I prayed for Am Yisrael. Well, I hope he was successful, Am Yisrael. At least he survived. He survived the day. So why? How come? And the answer is, he got chen. How did he get chen? He was humble enough to take out the garbage. In the morning of Yom Kippur, he had to take out the garbage. Now, there's a beautiful story. This is... Uh, George Bush was knighted by the Queen. The first George Bush, George W. Bush. He was knighted by the Queen of England, Sir George Bush. So they interviewed him on American TV. And actually, they interviewed his wife, Barbara. And they said, Barbara, what's it like being married to Sir George Bush? Does it make a difference in your married life? She says, yes. She says, no, I say, Sir George Bush, take out the garbage. <laughs> That's how you keep someone humble, is take out the garbage. You know, the, the story of the the uh, Kolel guy goes to the rabbi. He says, Rabbi, I can't take any more. I go home and, you know, my house is a big mess and it's filthy and this and that. The rabbi says, take out the garbage. So it's dirty clean up. This is, uh, what's the problem? And then that's the answer. The answer is have some humility. Humility is the key to obtaining Hashem's hand, grace. This is one of the major keys of obtaining grace. Hashem wanted the Kohen Gadol to be humble. Throw out the garbage. I'm a Kohen. I'm working in the in the Holy of Holies. I'm working. I'm look at look at my look how high I got. I'm high in the eyes of God. I'm in I'm in the Holy of Holies. No, take out the garbage. Noah had to do menial labor to build the teva to build his humility so that he could find chen. So his humility in building the ark and Hashem's sweat and toil and being humble that gave him the merit to survive. Lanavim yiten chen is the key. Mishnah says, King Solomon says, to the humble, Hashem gives grace. Interesting. The Midrash says, why is the holiday of Sukkot straight after Yom Kippur? Why? And the answer is, the person maybe received a bad decree at Yom Kippur. The humility of building the Sukkah and living in a booth for seven days or eight days outside Israel. Is it? Yes. Gives us humility that arouses Chen in the eyes of God to change the decree, to overcome the decrees. So even if there's a bad decree and a person builds a sukkah with his own hands. So it's not a good idea to hire people to build your sukkah. Build a sukkah with your own hands. At least put the schach on with your own hands. Do some kind of menial job. A guy says, who am I? I I'm not a workman. No, do some kind of menial job and that will give a person humility and that gives chen in the eyes of God that overcomes decrees from young people. Amazing. So let's take that and talk about that a bit more. Setting the Shabbat table, cleaning the house for Shabbat, putting the clothes in the washing machine, putting the, uh, the washing some dishes, taking out the garbage. All these things should make a person humble and humility gives grace in the eyes of God. That's the key. One of the keys of humility gives grace in the eyes of God. That's a, one of the keys. Number two. Again, book of Mishlei, amazing parables of King Solomon. Chesed ve'emet ali azvucha. Don't leave kindness and truth. Don't leave kindness and truth. 
Matzachen, again, we find this key word. And then you will find grace. In the eyes of God and man. If you are a kind person and you help other people and you're truthful, you're going to find grace, not just in God's eyes, but also in human, human beings' eyes. People like nice people. I hope, I really hope so. I hope that's true today. People like nice people. People like kind people. People like truthful people. This is a very important quote. Hopefully society is not being corrupted so much and we don't like them. We have to like truthful people. We have to like kind people. These are two qualities. Shroma Melch says, at least in his time, I guess, people liked. You got grace from people if you were kind and truthful. So two, another two, at least in the eyes of God, nothing's changed. These are another two keys to chen in the eyes of God. You want grace in the eyes of God. You want to find favor in the eyes of God. Chesed. Do acts of kindness and be truthful. Do acts of kindness and be truthful. Kindness and truth arouses God's favor. What was Noah doing on the Teva for the whole year? Acts of kindness. He was giving kindness to the animals. He was busy feeding the animals. 24, we said 24-7. The Midrash says one day he was late feeding the lion. And the lion bit his leg and he was laying. He was limping around. Can you imagine? Poor Noah, what a job he had. I wouldn't like his job. I wouldn't like Noah's job. But the job allowed him to survive the flood. Him and his children and his family, eight people survived. And their wives, so eight people survived because of his kindness. Chesed. Ramban says it was impossible to fit all the animals in the ark. It was a miracle because the ark was just 300 by, uh, 300 by 30 by 50. Amot. And Amar is about one and a half feet. So it's not, it's not very big. It was a box. The ark was a box. It's a miracle. It survived. And the Ramban Nachman says it was a miracle. These animals got into the ark and fitted. So therefore you ask, listen, if Hashem wanted the animals to fit and did a miracle for the animals to fit in the ark, why couldn't Hashem do a miracle to feed the animals as well? And the Ramban answers, Hashem wanted to make Noah humble. He wanted Noah to fit feed the animals. He didn't want to feed them by a miracle. He wanted Noah to get the merits of feeding the animals. Chesed. The chesed will allow Noah to survive the flood. To give head in the eyes of Hashem. King David says in Psalm 23, only goodness and kindness to chase me all the days of my life. Amazing. I want kindness to chase me. How does kindness chase a person? And the answer is <laughs> when the collectors knock on your door. That's kindness is chasing you. Oh, it's so hard. God, it's so hard. person is hounded nonstop. This one comes. That one comes. I want more. I want. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. person can remember this verse. King David prays. Let kindness surround me. Let chase after me. Let the kindness chase after me. Opportunities for kindness. I was going to look around. We have plenty of opportunities for kindness. My headache should be kindness, acts of kindness and, ki- and chesed. Why? I'd rather have headaches of kindness than have headaches of the IRS or the tax in Israel, the taxes over here. I don't know. You know, they actually came to my house. The tax, I've never seen anything like it. In America, at least the taxes, they don't come to your house. Over here, they come, they check, they, check, they ask you questions, they come to your house. Amazing. So I'd rather have these 
collectors coming to my house than uh, the IRS and uh, Israeli tax. Uh, nothing to hide. Thank God. So, so truth and, and kindness. Truth and kindness are keys to getting God's favor. So we said three things so far. Number one is humility. Number two is truth. Number three, kindness. So what is truth? The right way of looking at things. So I meant it's not just truth in the fact of what we say. It's also truth in the way we look at things. To look at things with truth. Is this right or is this wrong? So this is last week's parasha. That Adam and Eve made the biggest mistake. They didn't look at the world with truth. In fact, that's the Rambam. The Rambam asks this question. Why, if, why does God withhold from them this ability to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Isn't that something, a quality that he wants them to have? That they should know the difference between good and evil? And that says, he said, an old man asked him this question. Why did God withhold from Adam and Eve the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Hashem obviously should, should teach them, should give them the knowledge of good and evil. So it wasn't sin. And Ramam says a very amazing thing. He says they had a higher ability of knowledge before that. They knew what was truth and what was falsehood. They knew what was truth and falsehood. They didn't need this good and bad because good and bad is wishy-washy. We can rationalize good and bad. They knew what was true and what was false. They knew keeping God's word is truth and breaking God's word is lies. It's false. So he says the same thing applies to us. Uh, we have to know that knowledge of good and evil is not a good quality. Why? Because it's very wishy-washy. We can rationalize. That's what they did. They ate from the tree, and all of a sudden, they wish, they, everything became wishy-washy. Everything. Society today is wishy-washy. We're living in a world of moral relativism. There is no moral anchor in the world except the Torah. Torah is the only thing that doesn't change. That is our anchor. That is our moral anchor. So met is not just what we say. It's how we look at things. When a person learns Torah, they're learning and clinging to the truth. How do we know that Noah learned Torah? Hashem told him. Take seven clean animals. He knew what clean animals were. He knew the animals of Tahor. He knew kosher animals. He knew. How do you know? He learned Torah. He clung to the truth. Rashi says Noah knew which animals will be kosher and which animals are not kosher, even though he, was, he wasn't allowed yet to eat animals. There was no clause of kosher of animals before. No animals were allowed to Bnei Noah, except for animals that died. It's interesting. No, except animals. Adam could eat animals that died. I don't think Noah could anymore, but, but uh, and eventually all the animals were allowed to Noah. But, uh, we're going to talk about it some other time. And then the animals of the Tameh, two or two. So the animals of Tahor, seven pairs of animals which are Tahor. Animals of Tameh, two pairs of animals. So Noah, Rashi says, Noah knew which animals will be kosher, not kosher, he learned Torah, Hashem taught him. He has the three qualities to find Chen in Hashem's eyes. Right? Truth, kindness, and humility. Truth, kindness, and humility. Four times in the Torah it says the word to atone. The Rambam, the Rambam uses this word atone. Then he says some sins need kapara of troubles to atone. First needs sometimes. Four times in the Torah, use the word kapara. Two are not in a good context. It's used by a murderer to atone for the land. It's interesting. And the blood that was spilt on the land. It's an amazing concept, this idea of blood spilt on the land. 
that leads to atone for blood spilt on the land. Amazing. In Mishlei, it says, Two things that have the power to atone for sin is kindness and truth. Here we find the same thing. Kindness and truth, how they atone for sin, because kindness and truth attracts God's grace. It attracts God's grace and can atone for sin. The Bible says that causes chen, causes grace. He said explicitly, chesed and emet, truthfulness and kindness, causes grace that will save a person from troubles. Amazing. So what does a person do to get away from troubles? Kindness, acts of kindness. As many acts of kindness you can do. As many acts of kindness you can find. And truth. Acts of truthfulness, speaking the truth, and looking at things in a truthful way. Is this good? Is it bad? But truthfully, without rationalization. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, How do we know that a of uh, 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 an oath that God takes to fulfill a decree. That's it. Once there's an oath, it's not a change. Once there's an oath, we find it's Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu tried his best to go into Israel. But I should have said, it's too late. I took an oath with this decree. He'll never get into Israel. Nevertheless, the Gemara says, that acts of Torah and kindness can delay the, the law, the decree. It cannot break the decree, but it can delay a decree, acts of kindness. And learning Torah, which is truth, we said, can delay the decree. And we find that in the house of Eli, Hashem promises that Eli, all your children are going to die. Now. Terrible, terrible. And two great rabbis were descendants from Eli, Rava and Abaye. Abaye, who learned Torah and did acts of kindness, lived for 60 years. And Rava, who just learned Torah, lived for 40 years. So, obviously, persons should try their best to do these two things, learn to write and act kindness, which is truth and kindness, truth and kindness. So, it's amazing. How does acts of kindness get a person's atonement without doing teshuva even? It's amazing. This, how does it work? How does kindness achieve atonement without doing teshuva? Rabbi Yonah, in Shari Teshuva, asked that question. He says, it must be with teshuva. How can it be that acts of kindness are enough by themselves? So the Peleyoyitz gives an analogy. He says when a person sins, it's like spilling garbage in the king's palace, especially if you live in Israel. When a person sins in Israel, it's like spilling garbage in the king's palace. He needs to do two things. Peleyoyitz says, if you spill garbage in the king's palace, you need to apologize. and need to clean the mess. Some messes can be cleaned up easily, and some messes take a long time. So Rabbi Yonah says, Chesed saves from the pain. Chesed saves from troubles. You know, Rabbi Kiva, his, uh, his daughter, had an astrologer's prophecy. The astrologer said when his daughter was born, obviously it was unasked for, they never asked for this. But the astrologer, Rabbi Akiva, was famous, and the astrologer came to him and said, here, you want to know what's going to happen to your daughter? Here is the predictions in the stars. He gives him a prediction, and one of the predictions was she's going to die on her wedding day. And sure enough, she gets married, wedding day. And she said, Daddy, I lost my diamond clip in my hair. I lost it. He helped me look for it. He's looking all over. He finds it. And it was placed in a crevice in the walls. In those days, the walls were not plastered. And it's placed in a crevice in the wall, stuck right in the head of a poisonous snake. 
And he remembers the astrologer's prediction that she's going to die in a way. He says, this is the snake that was meant to kill you, my daughter. What did you do today to break the decree? And she said, there's a poor man who walked into the wedding. Can you imagine? Hold on. She's a bride on a wedding day and a poor man walks into the wedding and I sat him down and I gave him food to eat. And Rabbi Akiva says, Kindness, charity saves from death. And that's a very important, amazing thing. When a person does acts of kindness and can save from the worst decrees, it causes head, even without the shuvah. Even without teshuvah, amazing. Obviously, better with teshuvah. We should all do teshuvah. But, so, but acts of kindness can overcome even without teshuvah. Amazing. You see people who are successful in life despite not doing the right things and they have certain kind of grace. They're so successful. What are they doing? And the answer is acts of kindness. Acts of kindness can overcome even evil, even without teshuvah. Amazing. It's amazing. Amazing. And the, and the commander says, what about learning Torah? He doesn't know how to learn Torah. How does he learn Torah? How does he get truth? So the commander says, if he doesn't know how to learn, he should engage in community matters. Help the community. Do something for the community. Amazing. So, okay. So Rambam says, why, why learn Torah? What's the, what's the purpose of learning Torah? He said, learning Torah should make a person kind. And Abraham taught humanity kindness. And furthermore, of Aaron Cutler, this is very famous. Rob Aaron Cutler founded the Lakewood issue. This is obviously you can see where it's coming from. More people think that those that learn Torah are only doing it for themselves. The Mishnah says, Talmud Torah Kanei Kulam. The greatest act of kindness you could do is learn Torah. Why? Because the biggest merit we have is when people learn Torah for the community. If you learn Torah for yourself, that's selfishness. Brother says, you know, I'm learning Torah for all the Jewish people. Halavai, we should learn Torah for all the Jewish people. Imagine every time a person sits down to learn in a shir, or they go to shir hearing out talk, talk tonight. I'm doing this not just for myself. I'm doing this for all the Jewish people around the world to give merit to all the Jewish people. Talmud Torah Kadeh Kulam. The Torah can save the town. The Torah can save the world. So a person who learns Torah is saving life. That's acts of kindness. And that's truth and kindness, he says. So Rabbi Yonah says that is the highest level of chen is kindness. It's strengthening the right ideals. It's an act of kindness. Amazing. So, so very powerful ideas over here. The three things that Noah had to save his life is he acquired chen. How do you acquire chen? Number one, humility. Not mocking others. Not putting other people down. Not speaking Lashonara. That's humility. Number two is truth. He never stole, even though it was a time of robbery. He was moral and he never stole. And he did acts of kindness. The animals, one whole year of looking after these poor animals, the only survivors, there was the survivors, these animals survivors, and he helped them survive. Acts of kindness. So that's all these, let's try and work on these three things, these three qualities till next week to the parasha. Put these parts of our, main parts of our lives Humility, kindness, and truth. As Rabbi Hashem will all be successful and get God's favor. And Hashem will give us a stamp of approval, housekeeping stamp of approval, like he did to the good kings of the Book of Kings. As Rabbi Hashem, and I wish you all Shabbat Shalom from the holy city of Yushalayim, Mirakodesh. Lots of Kiddushah in our lives. As Rabbi Hashem, all of us.
You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.